Uh, tonight's Bible reading comes from Revelation 19. After this, I heard something like the loud voice of a vast multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous because he has judged the notorious prostitute who corrupted the earth with her sexual immorality. And he has avenged the blood of his slaves. That was on her hands. A second time they said, Hallelujah, the smoke ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who is seated on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. A voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all his slaves who fear him both small and great. Then I heard something like the voice of a vast multitude, like the sound of cascading waters and like the rumbling of loud thunder saying, Hallelujah, because our Lord God, the Almighty has begun to reign. Let us be glad, rejoice and give him glory because the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has prepared herself. She was given fine linen to wear, bright and pure. For the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, those invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb are fortunate. He also said to me, These words of God are true. Then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow slave with you and your brothers who have the testimony about Jesus. Worship God because the testimony about Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and he judges and makes war in righteousness. His eyes were like a fiery flame, and many crowns were on his head. He had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe stained with blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses, wearing pure white linen. A sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. He will shepherd them with an iron scepter. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing on the sun, and he cried out in a loud voice, saying to all the birds flying high overhead, Come, gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of commanders, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of their riders, and the flesh of everyone, both free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and against his army. But the beast was taken prisoner, and along with him the false prophet, who had performed the signs in his presence. He deceived those who accepted the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image with these signs. Both of them were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulphur. The rest were killed with the sword that came from the mouth of the rider on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. The world is coming to an end. And that has been the Christian message for the last 1,990 years. Ever since Jesus died around 30 AD, Christians have been telling people about Jesus. Jesus warned his disciples that he would be handed over to the Romans and beaten, flogged, and then executed. And then after three days, he would be uh, raised from the dead. He told them that he would leave them and that one day he would come back. And they believed him and they trusted him. They saw all the evidence and they trusted him. Because that's what life is about. The Bible tells us that God created the universe so he would 
have for himself a people who believed and trusted him. But that isn't how it worked out. From just chapter 3 of the Bible, Adam and Eve did not believe God and what he said. They did not trust him and so they disobeyed. And ever since then, we all, every single human being, does not believe God. We ignore God and we live life our own way. And that's why God is angry with the world. You cannot read the book of Revelation and think that God is happy with us. It's a book of judgment and disaster. And if you look at history, it's exactly the same thing. War, famine, death, earthquakes and suffering and natural disasters. There's cities burning, poisonous water, trees and land are destroyed, the fish are dying. It's what we see in the news all the time. And it's always been like this. And every week we've read through the book of Revelation and it's been building up, ever increasing death and destruction and then we come to this very moment. And people crying and suffering and ever increasing screaming until this final moment in history. And it's not a nice picture either. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. I remember that the white horse means victory or conquering. And the title of the rider is like Superman. Truth, justice and the American way. Except it comes with this ominous tone. With justice he judges and wages war. See, when Jesus first came, many Jews rejected him because he wasn't the king they expected. They expected this Jesus. They expected the commander of an army who would judge Israel's enemies. They wanted him to destroy Rome and lift Israel up to become a, a superpower. That's not what they got. They got a gentle guy who rode in on a donkey, who rebuked Israel and told them to repent and to turn back to God. Jesus judged Israel and its leaders. And instead of destroying others, he was the sacrifice. Jesus' message was not just for the Jews. It was for all people to turn back to God because one day he would return and judge the world. And so it was to stop ignoring God and to start listening to him. Everyone had to trust God or they would be destroyed. Verse 12. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. Well, his eyes indicate his purity and divinity. The Old Testament described God as an all-consuming fire, a judging fire, a fire that would lead Israel through the wilderness. The Holy Spirit in the book of Acts is seen as flames of fire that settle on the heads of the disciples at Pentecost. And on Jesus' head are many crowns, uh, not seven crowns like the dragon or ten crowns like the beast, but an unnumbered amount of crowns, indicating too many for John to count in a short matter of time. The idea is, is to get us to realise that Jesus has all authority, God's authority, he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. 
That verse is also about Jesus' power. There was this thinking in the uh, ancient world that if you could know the name of something, you could have power over that someone or over that powerful creature if you just knew their true name. And so the point here is, is if Jesus' name is secret, then it means that no one has power over him. He has power over everything. Verse 13, he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. Well, that description of Jesus' robe is to remind you of how he got there, how he got given all that authority. Jesus' death on the cross. Jesus' death on the cross has proven his right to judge the world. And his known name is the word of God. He comes from God and he, he speaks the words that the Father tells him to say. And he is the exact representation, the, the ultimate image of God on earth. Verse 14. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And so verse 14 is this ominous message because Jesus leads an army against the earth. This army rides conquering white horses, just as Jesus, dressed in white and pure to bring God's will into the world and to fight against evil. Verse 15, coming out of his mouth is a sharp double-edged sword with which to strike down the nations. The sword is a symbol of power, but it's not coming from his right hand, which you would expect. No, the authority of Jesus is displayed coming from his mouth. The image reminds us of Jesus' ministry when he was on earth. Standing on the bow of a ship in the middle of a storm and and saying, Be still! And everything suddenly fell silent. When he would walk up and touch a blind man and say, See! Or to the lame, he would say, Get up and walk. To the demons, Jesus would say, Come out! And demons would have to leave a person's body. And so we're also reminded of God who spoke and the whole universe was created by his words. God told Ezekiel to speak and a valley of dried bones was resurrected from the dead. This image comes with another warning that when Jesus comes, he'll come with the same power, but this time he will speak judgment and whatever he says will be permanent. But the horror is still to come in verse 15. And coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. See, I think our world is making the same mistake as the Jews. We're expecting the wrong Jesus to come. When our world thinks of Jesus, we think of this nice, kind, sanitised Jesus. We think we're going to get the soft guy on the donkey. But that's not the king we're going to get next time. Now we're going to get what the Jews first expected. We're getting the conquering king and we are the enemy. We get the angry king. Next time Jesus returns... We're getting the judge. That's why Jesus is coming with an army next time. That's why the horrifying 
picture of verse 15, he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God. The image is to get us to realise that human beings are grapes and we're to be destroyed. And no one likes being told that they're living life the wrong way. No one likes being told that they have to go away, that they don't want to go. But if all this is true, and I and so many Christians are absolutely convinced that God is real and he is angry with human beings, then someone has to tell the truth. Why would God deliberately become a human being only to die such a, a horrible death on the cross if this was not serious? God loves the world and he has died that people might turn around and be forgiven. And he's ensured that his message has gone out into the world, to the very corners of the world. His message has been translated into hundreds of languages and it's the best-selling book of all time. Hundreds of thousands of churches in every country of the world. Millions and millions of Christians who just will not shut up about Jesus. But the message is still the same. No one is getting to heaven by being good. The Bible is clear. There is no one who is good. Now, the answer is to realize the truth. We do not believe God in what he says. And we do not trust him. We don't believe that if we let him rule our life, that he'll really love us and care for us. No, we think like Adam and Eve, that God is holding out on us. If we let God rule our life, that it'll be horrible and boring, that we'll miss out on the good stuff. But it's just not true. The judgment to come on this world is so bad that Christians are trying to warn people and to save them. I know, I know it doesn't look like it sometimes, and I know Christians sometimes can have done a very bad job of communicating the message. But the truth is we don't want anyone to come under God's judgment. We really do love people. And if you stay on the same course as ignoring God and living life your own way, God is going to destroy people. And if you think that is bad, well, then you need to see next week in chapter 20 because it gets even worse. People of the world... You have to change. You must start believing God and trusting Jesus with your whole life. Because no one knows when the last day will come and Jesus will return. The problem with danger is that sometimes you just don't see it coming. There are moments in world history that remain stamped in our memories. Days that started out normal, nice sunny days and then were forever changed by the moments that came next. The end of World War II and the dropping of nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Or maybe you can remember the day planes crashed into the Twin Towers. That's how horrible in history moments can be. They start off just like any other day, Pearl Harbor, the death of JFK, 
They start off all the same. People are walking to work, they're talking to each other, and then everything changes. In the third last chapter of the Bible, we are warned that another day is coming, a day that will be the end of all days, and it'll start just like any other day, but it'll finish unlike any other. Do you believe God when he says that the day is coming? Do you trust him that there is a day coming when God will judge the world by the King, Jesus Christ? What are you going to do about it before the man comes around? Yeah. Okay.